Betsburters, what's cooking? We got Ryan Noonan behind the scenes starting us before the show should actually begin. And we really appreciate that because now Ron's airing his dirty little secrets on air. Just kidding. It was just some random stuff that we were talking about golf related. All good. So it is the Betsburts golf show, the Byron show as always. We've got a backseat passenger, which is going to be a little fun this week. But Ron, how are you? Yes, I am good, Byron. Uh, glad to be with you again here. Um, so yeah, I mean... Getting into this week, you know, we've got a Bombers Paradise, and we've had some back and forth on Twitter about that. I don't think that's a lazy narrative this week, especially um, when all the players are talking about softer conditions. And so, yeah, these are the tournaments, you know, where you have these weak fields where if you do the research and you know which lower tier players fit the course, you know, I think there's some huge edges this week. And obviously the rabbit hole is as good as it gets for weeks like this when you're digging for those edges and those, um, you know, research nuggets that will matter this week, like, you know, aggressiveness on par fives, even, you know, past history on past balance courses. Um, and so, yeah, the rabbit hole is a great tool. And so just bringing it up here right at the start, if you haven't checked it out yet, um, you know, $5 for the entire year, if you're in a state that allows, uh, vivid picks and if not we have promo codes for you as well so right. again um, anybody can get the rabbit hole and uh, again just at least test it out i think you'll be uh, really impressed i don't think they'll just have to test it out i think they'll do just fine getting it and keeping it so we'll we'll just tell the people that um it's the mexico open ron like you said the bomber's paradise little little softer conditions but not as windy so i think you know people's i think like the normal Average Joe that kind of plays golf, bets on golf, thinks that when it gets wet, it's a bit more like difficult. But I think I know, you know, when it's wet, these guys, where the ball stops, they didn't like it rolling around. They wanted to land where it lands and end there, right? So it's going to be target practice this week, especially on a course that we've seen get to minus 20, minus 17 in some seriously windy conditions in the past. I think looking at the wind this week, not necessarily that much crazy wind going on for Mexico like we've typically seen. So I think guys going low is going to be what we see this week. So making birdies and being able to hit good shots from, from far away. 80% of shots come from 150 yards and out. No, we're not going to see too many wedges this week. Yeah, and, um, you know, just a few of the players, you know, even talking about how, you know, because the tournament's in February this year, you know, speaking of the wind that you brought up, yeah. Um, they've even, you know, even Andrew Novak, you know, said that, you know, he's noticed a big difference in the wind. It's not as strong this year. Um, it's even coming from a little different direction. And so, you know, really interesting to see how that plays out, you know, during the week. But, but yeah, like you said, you know, we've got the sixth longest course, 298 yard average driving distance the first two years here, 79% of tee shots um, hit with the driver. And, and yeah, when, when we're getting into these wet conditions, like if, if the rough was long, you know, that's when it gets difficult when you're dealing with, you know, thick, wet, rough, but you know, you have this, you know, one and a half inch non-penal sticky pass balum rough. And so, yeah, I don't think that's, I think, you know, we, we could be looking at, you know, even a mid, mid 20 under 25 under getting, getting in that range. So, you know, this, it hasn't really been a birdie fest the first two years. Like it's actually middle of the pack when you look at scoring difficulty, but you know, I think we could see it, um, you know, get even a little lower this week. Yeah, I'm expecting it to get lower. So if there's a a bet out there to to have the lowest total 
strokes or whatever compared to prior years. If it's the average for the last two years, I'd bet the under. I I just would imagine that's just a little degenerate stuff out there for those of you doing that kind of stuff. But this is a BetSpurts DFS show. So let's dive right into the slate here. And starting at $12,000, I love how we go the whole year to start the year with Scotty Scheffler in these fields. They refuse to give us a $12,000 Scotty Scheffler. All it took was Tony Fina going to Mexico at 81 odds and we're getting a $12,000 Tony Fina and a loaded, well, not not loaded, but a 5K range with tons of names in it, which we don't typically get. So it's going to be a fun week. We can dissect an extra range today on the show, but we don't have tons of time, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Ron, guys above $10,000. Do you have a favorite and do you have a, a guy you're definitely fading this week? So I'll start with with Tony Fino. So I I won't be full fading him. I don't think you can, you know, especially if you're multi-entering this week, just because um, this course fits him so well. And you know, obviously, you know, what do you want to call him? Almost like a mini Scheffler here with the putting difficulties. You know, he's you know, and a week you probably going to need to score. Um, so you know, if I'm doing 20 lineups or less, I probably am fading him. Uh, but, um, just overall, from my perspective, I think I'm going to have bits and pieces of him, probably trying to mix him in with my other best core groups. Um, that's kind of going to be my strategy this week. Um, and just, I think the weakness of the field dictates that you just, you just can't, I mean, we've seen him, we've seen John Rom, you know, elite players win here both years. And so, you know, that kind of happens sometimes when you get to these weaker fields, these guys. So even though, you know, Fino's having his struggles on the greens, he's still so good that he can he still has the ability to separate himself in these conditions, and he clearly loves this course. So um, that's my thoughts on him. But my, my favorite player, and I know he's kind of getting way up there in ownership, is uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, you know, 10-7. You know, if you look at weighted strokes gained over the last six months, he's the 28th best player in the entire world. Uh, you know, he's a young elite talent. Uh, he's kind of been on a tear lately. If you look, um, he's got four top sevens in his last three months. Um, including, you know, winning the DP World Tour Championship. You know, he was second at the Farmers Insurance Open. So he's a definite course fit guy this week with his distance off the tee, his long iron play. And uh, I think Dietrich would probably be my second favorite. You know, he's a guy who we all like to, you know, make fun of on golf Twitter for how he collapses almost every Sunday when he's in the mix. Uh, but I think, you know, he's he's kind of maybe growing a little bit here recently, you know, playing very well so far, you know, top 20 at the farmers, top five at Pebble beach. Um, and, and again, he's another guy. We'll, we'll say this a lot. You know, he just fits the course with his, you know, his, his, in his bombing ability off the tee, you know, his approach play has been a little shaky, but I think, I think all around looking at the guys around him, you know, even when you compare him to Grio, you know, I love Grio. I think Grio has a lot of win equity, but that 11, one price tag is just <laughs> no. really, really hard for me to take. Yeah, especially when Griot's basically him and Tony Finau, both 11-1 and 12,000, and they're sitting with two strokes gain metrics, one each, outside the top 100 in this field. Griot over the last 24 rounds has been cataclysmically bad chipping and putting, um, chipping the ball. He's a great putter, but the chipping has been very bad around the greens. And Tony, obviously, the putter sitting in the same range there. So we're going to have to see what happens there. Griot... You know, I've got a top 10 bet on him. I think he's got that upside potential, but who the hell knows what the rest of his game is going to show up with. We'll see what cooks there. I just want to put an asterisk on the Thomas Dietrich top five at Pebble Beach. That was after three rounds. We had yet to enter Sunday for Thomas Dietrich to do his thing and probably finish T19 after playing on Sunday. But just put that out there. I do have 
Some interesting names that I'm kind of leaning into, Thorbjorn Olesen. I think he just won over on the Euro Tour. He's been balling out over there. I think I like him coming to Mexico versus like straight to the United States in a way. You know, I think it's a nice transition as a, a DP World Tour stepping stone before he gets to the USA. Who the hell knows? I don't think many people are familiar with his name. I wasn't entering the week. I know I don't pay too much attention to the DP World Tour. We'll see what happens. I, I like his chances. He's playing great golf, and he leads the field over the last 24 rounds in strokes gain total. So, I mean, you're going to get a guy for 10-3 at that price at this ownership. I'm in. So sign me up for that. Um, one little nugget I wanted to mention. I am going to be changing the way I approach contest selection this week. I've been doing single entries and three-entry maxes for these designated events. I've mentioned this on the show in the past. This week, I'm going to be trying to to multi-enter, 150 uh, contest entries there because there are tons of 5K, 6K guys I'm looking to try and get exposure to and just trying to find the right guy at the top here to kind of anchor those guys around um, is going to be very important this week. So that's kind of my selection on the contest side. Just thought I'd share that. I think this is the week to kind of adopt that kind of a mindset. In the nines, we've got Steven Yeager, Keith Mitchell, Patrick Rogers, Thomas Dietrich's American lookalike, basically, from many departments. And then we've got Taylor Pendrith, Eric Van Roo. It's got a deep 9K range. So let's chat about the top of the nines first. I was about to rattle off 20 9K names, but let's speak about the top here first, Ron. Taylor Pendrith is very enticing. Keith Mitchell, also great drive. I mean, he's the best driver of the golf ball in this field over the last while. So tell me what you're thinking with these boys. Yeah, this is a pretty loaded range. I mean, when you look at course fits, when you look at, you know, that bomber narrative, I mean, there's, there's some guys here you could get into. Um, and, and yeah, just one thing that kind of came to my mind when, you know, we're talking about, you know, the narrative this week. And I think you would agree with me. One of the keys is going to be finding players who don't fit the bomber narrative. You know, the Brandon Woos and the David Lipskys of the world who, you know, can still have success at this course, you know, due to iron play or spike putting week. And, you know, that's another thing that I used a rabbit, rabbit hole for this week is, you know, we have a floor ceiling filter. And, and it was really interesting to look at, you know, looking over the last year, players who have gained three strokes or more putting. And you have some names on here that we're going to get into. But, you know, Bobby McIntyre, Carson Young, Matt Wallace, Victor Perez, uh, Justin Sutton, and Dylan Wu are pretty high up there. And so just uh, just something else for people to think about. You know, that's you know, that could be the key to winning this week is, is finding those couple guys who, who, you know, who can pop and make, you know, maybe they're not long off the tee, but they can make it up in other ways. And so, you know, Ryan Fox, who I just mentioned, he's probably my favorite um, in this range. Um, and, and I know you said, and I'll come back to him actually, because I know you did say the top and I know you probably have some guys you get to, you want to get to, but there's one guy in the top that really sticks out to me. Um, and he is kind of, I'm seeing right around 21% right now, Steven Yeager. And so he's kind of a, a conundrum a little bit because he, he doesn't typically spike high enough to challenge for wins. You know, he's got one of the highest consistent floors on tour. You know, he's kind of been a top 20 machine lately, you know, and here in Mexico, he's got finishes of 18th and 15th. And so, you know, he just recently finished third at Torrey Pines, which, you know, kind of his best finish ever. And that's, that's a similar long course here to Vidanta. And so, I think considering the improvements uh, he's made with his ball striking combined with the weak field, you know, I think he has the potential to um, really have a high finish this week. And so um, there's some other names. I know people are all into Taylor Pendrith. Uh, I'm kind of fading him this week. Um, I do like Patrick Rogers. He's kind of shown some good consistency 
um, here in the past as well and definitely fits the profile we're looking for. So I think Jaeger and Rogers are going to be my, my favorite two plays here in the upper nines. Yeah, I have had the same feelings about Jaeger as I have with Dietrich and Rogers, where you can just take a look at Jaeger's round three, round four scoring, and it just goes backwards. But he makes so many cuts and then kind of falls down the pack. After watching what he got up to at the Farmers, maybe he's turned the corner in that department. You know, he definitely hung tough. I was expecting him to do what Dietrich did and eject, didn't. So he hung tough there. I'm totally down to play Jaeger. And there's a weird little correlation. I'm kind of looking to play guys that played well at Tory, and particularly Tory North. You know, if you can find a guy that played really nicely on that venue, I think that translates a bit better to this venue. But even the South course has got similar kind of categories like impressive long distance off the tee and long iron play. You know, I think you're going to translate both of those from Tory to Mexico. The difficulty, once you miss the fairway, not nearly as much as Tory, but I do like guys that played well at Tory because of that exact reason. So I don't mind Jaeger. I don't mind Rogers. We'll see what, you know, Rogers has played quite nicely in the past and it suits his kind of game. Keith Mitchell, to me, just, I don't think I'm going to get the upside for the ownership and the price that he's, he's providing here. He hasn't had a top five finish in the last 12 months. So that's rough on Keith's side of things. So we'll see what he can do. But there are some names down, I think, more more likely in the 8Ks. I'm kind of not necessarily in the mood to deal with too many of these guys in the 9s. I think I'm going to deal with some guys in the 10s and jump right down to the 8s after that for the most part for me. So, yeah. Yeah, so I like this Ryan Fox for me. So what I like about him is, you know, so first of all, he's a three-time DP World Tour winner, and he's getting more used to playing on the tour with every passing week. You know, I think he has a combination of high upside. And, you know, when you look at ownership, kind of 9% range here. Yeah. So, you know, with course history not being much of a factor here in Mexico, and, and almost going back to the same reason you like Olsen, you know, I think, you know, his overall experience and course fit is going to allow him to contend here. You know, if you look at um just in phoenix you know he was in the top 10 through 36 holes and he kind of faded down the stretch but i think you know this course here vedanta fits him even better uh where he can play to his strengths you know power off the tee elite long iron play um and so he's my my, my big guy down here and then you know when you go down to the very bottom of this range you know i'm, I'm sticking with old tried and true homeless hubs hubbard at nine flat um you know, he's, he's one of those guys that doesn't fit the profile, uh, but he can make up for it with his irons and a hot putter. And, you know, he leads the field in, in approach over the past six months. He's also in the top five in this field putting on, you know, kind of these slower past Palom greens. And when uh, another thing I use the rabbit hole for is to look at performance on long courses. And he's actually 19th best in this field on these very long courses, which was surprising to me. So, um, you know, he's a guy who, you know, more, more for a consistency level, because you're going to have a lot of volatility this week. You know, even when we're looking at, like you said, these guys in the, in the five K range, you know, where you can kind of mix and match and you can get a little creative. And, and I think it's a great week, like you said, to go with 150 lineups. If you can, if you can do that because of the variance you're going to have this week. And so just kind of mixing and matching guys. And I think Hubbard is one of the few guys that does give you kind of a level of consistency up here. Absolutely. And I just want to kind of reiterate what you said about going to guys like Mark Hubbard who aren't long off the tee. The reason we not necessarily they optimal in a way, because if you're betting on guys, you most likely want to kind of stick to the bombers narrative. Big off the tee, good on approach from far. But if you're playing DFS, 
you you're trying to it's you versus the rest of the field it's not you versus the bookie so you really want to you're going to find just naturally if you go and filter on accuracy versus distance you'll see the ownership numbers will be completely skewed for the most part to the guys with with shorter distance you're going to get leverage in that department so if you weren't familiar with that kind of strategy here this is what we're bringing you on bet spurts golf over here so let's dive into the eights because i'll start off with mark hubbard at nine he is one of my favorite players in that 9k range so he's at nine thousand dollars flat and i in fact will be fading cam champ in a big way i actually have a mark hubbard matchup against him at minus 120 mark hubbard versus cam champ that just seemed like a really solid option there Cam Champ has been playing disgustingly bad last few weeks. Hasn't made a cut in four straight starts. So I'm out on Cam Champ this week, despite the course history. I don't think it's going to be indicative of, of what you've done in the past, what you're going to do this week, especially with Cam Champ going to like Tory and sucking it up around there too. I think if he played well there, I'd have a different feel. My favorite play in this range, and I'm probably going to have, boy, oh boy, maybe a third to maybe a half of my lineups with Jake Knapp. I think I think he's going to play well this week. I really do. He played so well at Tory. Similar situation. He has got incredible distance off the tee. And he's not one of these guys that's clunky around the greens. He's got distance and feel. He's really good around the greens and putting-wise. It's, it's spiky. He's had you know limited reps on the PGA Tour, but he's shown he can hang tight on the greens and putting. So we'll see what Cam Champ can get up to. And then a name run that I know you're going to like based off of the fact that he's not necessarily a very good long iron player is Aaron Rye. He, sorry, not a good driver of long driver of the ball. He's a great accuracy driver and an incredible long iron player. So Aaron Rye is going to be my guy here at 8,500. I've got him ranked ninth in my model. So he's definitely kind of popping because of the irons. The driver is going to keep him in the middle of the fairway pretty much the entire time and has played well here once. When he didn't make the cut, he kind of putted his way out of the tournament. So those are some names in this range that I'll be looking at. I know you're going to mention a guy by the name of Thompson Avis, but you can talk to us about him now. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting with him this week because he's getting a lot of, of chatter around everywhere. You know, his ownership is kind of creeping up there, 16, 17. I don't know what you see him at. But, um, you know, he, he looked real good in Phoenix, you know, finishing 15th. He needed to gain four strokes on approach. He's got the game here. Definitely power off the tee, quality long irons. You know, he's one of the best par five players on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Um, but but a good pivot here, if you're looking for a pivot, and, and this was real surprising to me because this guy finished seventh, and I wasn't expecting it, is Doug Gim uh, at 8,800. And, you know, when you look, I've got maybe 12 or 13 categories, you know, kind of sub models that make up my main model. And he is in the top 35 in every single category except for putting. And so, you know, I think he is a real interesting play this week um, at 8,800. I'm seeing him around 11% ownership right now. Um, so I think he is a decent pivot off of Davis Thompson. Um, all right, here's here's my argument for Camp Champ. And I know it's, it's ugly. It's not fun to click. It's not fun to talk about either. Um, he he's not made a cut this year. Okay. He only has two top tens in his last 19 starts. Two of his recent top tens are here in Mexico, including last year. And again, when you look back, he entered this week last year in very similar poor form. I think he missed like six cuts in a row coming into Mexico last year. So he, for some reason, tends to pop on these courses, and not only on long courses where he can use his power game, but weak fields. Like, he is notorious for taking advantage of very weak fields. And so 
What are you seeing them at right now? Because I'm seeing seven percent. You see, I'm seeing double digits. Like to me, okay. that's just not a like eleven percent. You know, like that okay. to me is just cool. Let them do it. You know, I'm fine with that because yeah, if the risk isn't worth the juice there. You know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah, if he if he's in double digits, yeah, I do think that's differently. So we'll have to see kind of what that plays out as we get into the evening here. Um, going down on this lower range and. There's not a lot I like here. You know, I think some of these guys are just overpriced, but I think Michael Kim at A2 is very interesting. You know, he's yeah. seventh best in this field in approach. He's gained an approach in six straight. Um, in my scoring model, he's the eighth best player in this field, and he actually has some sneaky distance off the tee. And mm -hmm. so I think Michael Kim is, is kind of in that Mark Hubbard kind of just when you look at his profile, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to blast it. He's not, you know, super great with his really long irons, but I just think overall, you know, he, he's, he's turned into a very consistent player. And so yeah. um, I think he's a guy who can score this week. So that's kind of how I, I think Maverick McNeely is another guy who's, you know, looks like he's turned the corner coming back from his injury. Um, and so he's kind of been someone who's catching my eye today and, and someone who I, I might be higher on than where I started the week. Yeah. And I think with Michael Kim, if he comes in at the same ownership as Cam Champ and slightly cheaper, that to me is a player I'd rather take my Cam Champ shares to and, and double down on him kind of thing. So we'll see what cooks there. As somebody who, if you're playing some cash game, I'm going to mention Justin Sir, one of the most elite cut makers in this field, one of the most unelite versus terrible weekend performers I've ever seen compared to his like round one, round two situation. Like Justin Sir is just not any good over the weekend ever. But if you're looking for cash games just to make it through to the weekend, he's your guy at $8,300. So sign yourself up for that one. Let's dive into the sevens here, Ron. I got some names that I like. And I'll start off with Alejandro Tosti. The I think he's a, a Mexican native or an Argentine native. And to me, that just screams like he's going to play good golf here. I think he's played here. He's played well here in the past, which, you know, I've mentioned course history is not necessarily going to be the be-all and end-all, but a top 10 here in 2023 is all you need to know. He's got incredible length off the tee, and he's very explosive when it comes to scoring. You know, I think in around round two showdown at or round three showdown at the Sony, he scored me five total points in a showdown slate, which, you know, if you think about a birdie being five points, that was not a very good round from him. But he's also been one of the guys that's at $6,300 or so in those fields, been explosive and scored me like 40-something points. So he's he's got that. He can just need needs to get through the cut, and then we're looking pretty for him. He's he's all over the place, but the distance off the tee at a golf course he's played well at, I like it a lot. He is gaining some steam, but I don't mind going there in that department. I'll leave Jonathan Vegas to you. I'm assuming you'll like Johnny. He's he's basically a Tony Finau heavy, light version, where he's a bit thicker than Tony, but also the, the putting is about as bad and the around the green play worse, much worse. You know, Tony's at least better around the green. So you can give us your take on there. I will dive into Carson Young though. There's a bit of chalky guys in this range. Carson Young is one of the best long iron players in this field. If you take a look at what he can get up to on this from, from far away, my gosh, he can play good golf with a long iron in his hand and he's showing that he can play here quite well so Carson Young at $7,400 a little expensive ownership wise there but I don't mind him whatsoever and then give me some Scott Stallings I'll I'll be all over Scott Stallings this week he's he's one of the few options here that isn't necessarily high owned that I feel like can really get going on this course he's shown some flashes in the past and then kind of fallen away by the wayside but 
I'm in the mood to, to deal with some Scott Stallings this week. And that kind of takes care of my, my 7K fetishes here outside of maybe an Andrew Novak who I'm looking to kind of pounce on after a quick little sneaky waste management Phoenix Open last week, two weeks ago. So I think this 7K range is the one that's going to make or break, you know, you know, kind of the slate this week because there are so many guys who have kind of the extreme upside. And yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on Toasty. You know, uh, going back and again, if you haven't read Byron's piece on the Corn Ferry group that had joined the tour this year, you know, he's got the highest upside in my opinion. You know, he finished 10th here last year. He's got the length off the tee. He's got the birdie making firepower to contend. You know, I, I think I have an, an 80 to one ticket on him, you know, this week, you know, I know the odds have already dropped to, I think 65 or somewhere around there. So love him this week. All right. So Johnny Vegas. Okay. So when I think bomber resort course, pass Ballum, I think Johnny Vegas, you know, in my model, he's the second best player in this field on long courses. He's the fourth best on pass Ballum. He's the fifth best in weak fields. And so, you know, when you combine all these things together, I mean, I know my ownership is, is, is typically a little lower than you on some guys. I'm seeing 10% right now. And so really there's nobody in this range who's, you know, kind of going through that 10% bubble. And so um, I just think, you know, when you look after, you know, kind of had a, a disaster, his first round at Torrey Pines, but then he's been excellent ever since then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he shot seven under those last couple of rounds. He was in the sixties every single round in Phoenix until he slipped up on Sunday. And so, I just think this is a course for him to take advantage of. I think it's a great price. I think Vincent Norman here, uh, right next to him at 76, he's been struggling. But again, when we're looking for win equity, you know, he's won on both the PJ Tour, he's won on the DP World Tour. And so, you know, he fits this profile perfectly. He's so strong off the tee. 18th here last year, um, you know, he gained in all four categories. Um, last year here. And so, you know, he's kind of got some good finishes at Corrales. Um, when he won, um, the Barbasol, you know, yeah. kind of a similar, you know, scoring course where you need that power off the tee. It really helps you. In the so, field. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, I love him. And so those are my three guys up here. I think Nate Lashley is another guy who really tends to pop on these coastal yeah. resort type courses. So I think there's so many angles down it. even an Alex Smalley, like, He's been really bad as of late, you know, kind of inconsistent. But, you know, he's a guy who kind of fits the bill as well for me with maybe not as strong off the tee as far as power, but he kind of can get it done in other ways. And, you know, if he could just have one of those spike putting weeks, you know, I think it could be a week for him to turn the corner as well. So there's a lot of names down here. And I'll just I'll get into the low sevens. I don't know if you have anyone else to add, but um, I think Sam Stevens, who is popular this year, um or or this week and so you know i I was on him earlier but i'm seeing 14 15 percent and so that's probably a little too much for me and so if you want to get really different and i know he is another guy that's been pretty bad lately but bobby mcintyre sitting there at 7k um he's really struggling in different parts of his game mostly on the greens though i mean when you look at the numbers he's been just horrible putting and so you know i think you know, kind of a course that fits him off the tee. He can kind of get away with just swinging as hard as he can. Um, and I mean, he's a guy who's, who's popped in the past on, you know, you know, whether it's on the DP world tour um, in majors, he's got a pretty decent record in majors. And so you could do worse than, than him at seven K flat. Yes. You could do worse. In my opinion, you could do better than Bobby. I'm just don't see him getting too deep into the scoring. You know, that's just my take on him. I was also, horribly wrong on Hideki Matsuyama so you can be wrong on people it's okay it's golf you know these guys are a bunch of psychos anyway 
one that I want to mention that's kind of popping pretty hard for me, who hasn't been playing that good golf lately, is JJ Spahn. If you take a look at what he gets up to from a baseline long-term perspective, he's seventh in my model for the long-term rankings at $7,200. Like his, his iron play from far is incredibly good. So we'll see what he can get up to here. I don't know if he's played here before. He has not. But, you know, the recent form has been dire, very, very bad. And you're going to get some ownership leverage in that department for there. If he bounces back on a course he feels comfortable on with long irons in his hand, he's the guy. Are you are you interested in Chris Goddard up at all? I know he's also going to kind of catch some steam because tons of length off the off the tee, but um, not necessarily getting it done, you know, despite that. I think he'll be one of those guys that I maybe have 5%, you know, mix and match because he does. Again, he, he's a perfect fit for this course. Um and so, you know, you know, he had his time kind of away from the tour, got his game back together on the Corn Ferry. And so, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I mean, I think if you talk in this range, even as we dip into the 6K, 6Ks case here, I think Joseph Bramlett is even a much better play than him. You know, I, he's a guy who, you know, really good on the par fives, um, very underrated approach player. Um, and so I, I really like Bramlett if we're looking like in this range right below him. Yes. I had a an eight to one bet on Joseph Bramlett at the at the Farmers for a top twenty, and he needed to just birdie the final hole to cash that. He didn't, but I like him at this golf course too. You know, if I liked him at Tory, I'm going to like him here. Sixty eight hundred dollars in this kind of field, yes, let's go. The ownership does look like he's probably the highest owned guy south of seven seven thousand, but that's okay. You're getting some salary. Make sure you build differently around Bramlett. He suits this golf course really nicely. Someone that kind of also popped quite a lot at Tory was Sammy Valamaki, and he can ball strike the crap out of a golf ball when he's feeling it. And he's probably going a little, little under the radar here at $6,700. Not quite. He's still quite quite popular, but not nearly as – he's probably a good pivot off of Bramnett if you're looking for one. He's he's very, very solid when it comes to ball striking, and off the tee, he's been sensational the last little while. So I'm actually looking at packing his eyes numbers, but Sammy's not too bad himself. So we'll see what he can get up to there. Two names that I kind of – if you're not in the mood to read an article, I know I did a little deep dive on all these guys on my show last night. Decided to just end the show and then take a look at got 40 of these 44 Corn Ferry Tour guys playing this week. So I, I deep dived every single one of them. And Joe Highsmith is one of the guys that popped for me. I'll be playing him. I also have Parker Cootie in the mix and Chan Kim. I have an outright on Chan Kim. I think he's going to have a good shot. He's 140 to 1. We'll take a chance on it. He can score. You can. And the scores that he got when he was on the Corn Ferry Tour that he won those two tournaments were minus 20 and minus 28. So if you're thinking about a golf course that kind of suits his his game, going low is his thing. So he's going to do just fine for us there at $6,500, along with Parker Cootie. I think also there's a guy by the name of Rafael Campos. He is my favorite player south of $7,000. I'll be playing a hefty amount of him, potentially 15 to 20%, because if you take a look at what he got up to at Torrey, some solid stuff. And he's one of the few guys that I took a look at that played on the PGA Tour and has since played on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's got his PGA Tour card, but he's balling out on the on the Corn Ferry Tour, grinding it out over there too. So I think he's thinking he's probably not going to get enough starts to get his tour card, so he's going to try and get some points on the KFT. So I like that from him. He's a grinder and he's been playing some good golf, got some length. We'll see what he can get up to. And he seems like he's going to be 
low owned. You know, we're looking for some guys like your your Davis Thompson that you had at the Amex two years ago, Ron, that are like 2%. You know, you don't, a 5% guy is going to help. But if you can find a guy that's going to finish inside the top 10, top five, that's 2% owned. That's like, that's where the money's made, right? Especially in these multi-entry contests. So I'm really liking his ownership for now. Hopefully, you know, this, this podcast doesn't go viral, but Rafael Campos is our guy. Um, love him here at $6,300. Do you have anybody else in the bottom of the 6K range here, Ron, that you're kind of in the mood to to chat about? So, yeah, and I got I got to get used to that we do have a 5K range this week, which kind of blows me away that it goes all the way down to 5K flat. 5, but um, flat. Yeah, so really, there's, I mean, there's, there's guys you can mix and match. I think Garrett Higo, you know, he won at Congaree, which is a comp to this course. Mm-hmm. I think he's interesting. Um, agree with you on Val Mackey, you know, one of the best, when you combine off the tee, even an approach, like he's very underrated ball striker. Um, for me, like going down, I, I think my one guy down here at 6,200, Matty Schmid, I think he's another guy who fits that, you know, the profile I'm looking for really good off the tee, um, can score. And so I think he's my one guy and I've got, I actually think Justin Lauer at 61 is, is another very interesting play just because of, he kind of fits the, you know, almost like the Brandon Wu mold um, of, you know, he's really good on approach and you can get hot on the greens. And so I think he's got the ability to kind of go around, you know, the the profile we're looking at and kind of attack this course in a different way. And he's got the scoring firepower, I think, to to make the cut, which is kind of what you're looking for here when you get this low and and maybe a little bit of upside on the weekend as well. So I do like Lauer at 6,100. Cool. I like him too. You know, I'm looking at his long iron stats and just incredible stuff there. So we'll see what happens. Want to round out, Ron. Henrik Norlander. I think if I think about someone that just, I haven't typically researched this, but somebody that's a Paspalum prince, I think he is one of them, right? Whenever he's on his Paspalum greens, Henrik Norlander typically shines. I think he's played well at Mayakoba in the past. So we'll I'll take a gamble on him at $6,000, which would be the typical bare minimum in a normal field, but he's not. And he's going to be 1%, $6,000. Give me some Norlander situation there. And then another Corn Ferry Tour guy is Jimmy Stanger. I'm just going to mention his name as we exit the 6K range and dive headfirst into the fives. I have a guy that's $5,000 flat. I will mention him once you have rattled off a few of your names in the 5K range, Ron, that you're looking to free up some salary with because if you're playing Tony Finau, these are going to be your guys. I've got two left here. And so MJ Duffy, 5,800. He is the second best player in the entire field off the tee for me. Just, you know, kills it. And usually is pretty accurate as well, which you don't really need here as much. But um, he's got some putting upside. I think he's a guy who um, I've got a core four stats every week where I kind of put together the, the four most important stats. You know, this week it's like carry distance. It's long iron proximity. You know, it's scoring par fives. You know, he's 13th in this field. And so when you can get someone who's popping, even not in every sub model, but he's he's getting enough traction down here to catch my attention. And so a 5,800, I really love Duffy this week. And then the other guy who's who's another guy who kind of fits the narrative of he's just been playing so poorly. He hasn't made a cut yet this year. Callum Taron, 5,600. He's he's kind of had. Some really good weeks last year. Um, pretty inconsistent, but he's another guy who um, I've got him as he's in the top 15 ball striking in this field. And so a guy who's really good off the tee. And so, again, 5,600 down here. Um, he's going to be a guy that I'll have, you know, five, six percent kind of in that area. 
Yeah, Callum Tarrant is a great long iron player. I think he suits this golf, especially if he resorts back to his baseline. You know, we know what he can get up to typically. Hasn't been playing. He's kind of like JJ Spahn in a way, just a lot cheaper. So we'll see what he can do. I do like J um, MJ Duffy, obviously, especially guys that kind of sneak into the course as like a sponsor's exemption. Sometimes the content, the, the people that put out information about the field don't get to him, you know. So there's he's going to go under the radar a little more than he should. I don't mind Trace Crow this week. <laughs> I mean, we're saying names that are like from PGA 2K, you know, like I don't know what the hell's going on here, but I checked these guys out and Trace, Co Trace Crow is indeed a real human being. And he's $5,700 along with Tom Whitney, who's a, I think, an Air Force vet and balled out at Tory. You know, like he played some great golf. So if he's going to be $5,700, I'm going to throw him in some lineups too. Another guy that's got insane distance off the tee is Kevin Doherty or Doherty or however you want to say his name. Another creator golfer over here from, from the DP World Tour, but he's a Corn Ferry guy. $5,500 for Kevin. He's... He's someone I'm definitely looking at. And then if you're looking for another like continental Mediterranean individual, Rico Hoey is $5,300. And he is also just nuke city off the tee. Like the irons and the driving is pretty solid. He's basically a Johnny Vegas light, you know, in the $5,300 range. The putting and chipping is very bad. So we'll have to kind of deal with that at $5,300. But He's $5,300, right? We don't get to say that too often, and he's really good with the ball striking. And then my $5,000 gem is Raul Pereira. He qualified through Q School. If you go back and check the Mexico Open, he finished quite poorly here last year, but I believe he was tied with Tony Finau or one shot off Tony after round one, hung with them for three straight rounds, played solid golf, and then lost seven strokes in round four. Like, just completely, just terrible, terrible, terrible golf. But I think he's played a bit more professional golf now. He, he's made it through Q school. You know, he's playing with confidence now. I think if he finds himself on a golf course that he has shone on, you know, at least for three rounds, $5,000 for this guy. And he's from Mexico, I think. So he's, he's a crowd favorite, a local boy. I think he'll be playing some good golf. So sign me up for him. I'll be looking to play him a lot and, and kind of hope for for the best from him there on, on round four. Yeah. Um, I think you did a great job of getting into some, getting into the weeds there. And, uh, but no, this is the week, this is the week you want to play these guys because you know, this is, this is there's going to be some volatility. There's going to be some guys who don't make the cut who you thought would make the cut. And so, yeah, especially if you're playing 150 lineups, yeah, mix and match the heck out of these guys down here and you never know what could happen. So, yeah, you never know. And especially, especially guys from Mexico, you, there's usually like whenever you go to a tournament that's got a bunch of like invites from that country, some of them usually pop, right? Like the Zozo, there's always a Japanese guy that plays well. It's kind of just how it goes. So throw a Mexican or two in your lineups just for, for poops and giggles and see what happens there. So, all right, Ron, let's do this thing again. Maybe we can remember. I can't remember. I should have gone back and watched. Uh, I had Will Z last week. I clearly remember that. Yeah, I think I gave you I gave you someone above. I think it was I gave you Jason Day. Remember, I gave you Day. He Ooh. was right above. That wasn't bad. That was that a good was matchup awesome. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I owe you a buck then. Where are we going this time? Oh man, let's let's make it real interesting. Let's go six K range. Let's go six K range. 
Good. And I'll let you go first. I'll let you go first. I'll go with Jen. Um, I'll go Bramlett. He's my highest rated guy up here. Ooh, nice. Yep, I agree. I've you know got this thing for Chan, so I, I don't mind that. I like I like both those guys. So we'll be rooting against both of them there. Well, at least your guy for a bit, but Bramlett will be in my lineups too. Um, love Chan Kim as well. Awesome. Well, I know Ryan Noonan doesn't know my my send out line, so I'm going to just say thank you all for joining. We really had a great time giving you the Byron show here for the Mexico Open. We'll catch you guys next week for, I believe, the Cognizant Classic out there on the East Coast for the, the, the East Coast Swing. So we're going to have some fun golf, some nuances to deal with there, and we start getting some other big boys back in the field there. So till next week, we'll catch you guys then.